chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who were speaking Galilean? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, O oh Lord, for being able to celebrate this Pentecost Sunday. for remembering, O oh Lord, that you sent your Holy Spirit to us to empower us. We ask that you will speak to us through this word as it is proclaimed. Help us to understand what it means for us today and help us to apply it. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is practically impossible to go pretty much anywhere these days without finding a plug to charge your phone. I mean, think about it. Now you go to the airport and there's charging stations in the middle of the terminal so that people can plug in and you'll see a huddle of people around those, those plug-ins. If you look in your car, there's probably a connector for your phone to plug in and charge. If you get on an airplane, there's a plug on the airplane seat for you to charge your phone. 
In the kitchen now, outlets are being outfitted with connectors for your phone cable. I mean, it is everywhere. Furniture is now being made with plugs built in. We got great chairs for our TV room. They got plugs everywhere so that we can charge up. The reality is we live in a digital society and having our electronics charged up is important. We don't want to be that one person who is, whose device goes blank because you forgot to charge it. And we even have made charging a part of our daily routine. How many of us have a place next to our bed where we charge our phone or our tablet or our device? Before we go to sleep, it's like now you brush your teeth and then plug in and leave it next to your, to your bed so it'll be charged. I know I'm not the only one that does this. Having your phone charged is important. We really don't want to be the person that wakes up in the morning, realizes they forgot to charge their phone, and then walks around all day trying to find a place to charge. Happens to me all the time. In our society today, it is necessary to be charged up. Because what? You have to be connected to the digital world for just about everything. If you have a question, now you need your device so you can ask it the answer. If you need directions, you need power so that you can put your GPS on. If you need anything at all, you got to have power for it. You have to have power in order for it to work. In our scripture today, we hear the familiar story of Pentecost. Before ascending to heaven in a cloud, Jesus had given his disciples instructions. He ordered them to go to Jerusalem, to the holy city, to wait there for the promise of the Father, for the coming of the Holy Spirit. He said, John baptized you with water, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in not too many days. Go wait in the city. That's where you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. So what, why did they need Pentecost? Why do we need Pentecost? Why did we need the coming of the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a very simple explanation. The disciples were used to recharging daily with Jesus. Every single day, Jesus instructed them. Jesus taught them. Jesus gave them wisdom. Jesus showed them deeds of power from God's hand. And so every day they were plugged in to the power of God through Jesus. And when Jesus ascended to heaven and left them for a period of time before the coming of the Holy Spirit, their little energy meter was going down too. To zero. They were running out of power. They were running out of that connection. They were losing their touch. They were fearful. They were afraid. They no longer had that direct contact. You know, before that, they were plugged in directly to the socket. They were to the, to the source in Jesus. And now they, were, they felt like they were all by themselves. If the disciples had been an electronic device, it would have read low battery. And you know what happens when your device gets to low battery? 
it becomes so dim, it's annoying because you can't see anything. Half of your applications close down because they use up too much power. And your, your phone goes into something called what? Everybody knows that, right? It starts managing power and all of a sudden your phone is in power saving mode. And half of the things that you would like to do on your phone no longer work. If you try to take a picture, it says, sorry, you don't have enough power to do that anymore. You used to be able to do that, but you can't do it anymore. Things that used to work shut down. And the disciples in many ways felt that way. They had been with Jesus. They had seen him raised from the dead. They had experienced the resurrected Christ. They knew the power of God. And then he gets up on a cloud, goes back to the Father, and they feel like they're just riding on power-saving mode, waiting, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. They were hiding behind closed doors because their power supply was so low that they were starting to doubt things. They were starting to worry about things. They were starting to diminish their witness to the world and be afraid of even mentioning the name of Jesus because of what they had done to him. This is why we needed the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is why we all still need the Holy Spirit today, because without the Holy Spirit, we lack power. We lack the power from God. And God knew this. He knew that we needed the Holy Spirit, and that's why Jesus promised it to his disciples. That's why he told them, you're not going to be left orphaned. You're not going to be left disconnected. You're not going to be left without the power of God in your lives. But in order for you to receive that power, God said, you need to go to the holy city of Jerusalem and you need to wait there. That is going to be your charging station. That is going to be where the Holy Spirit is going to fall upon you in power. And they had to go back to the place where Jesus was crucified to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. But you know, God has a way of orchestrating things. There was a plan and a purpose behind everything. He was sending them to Jerusalem because it was the festival of Pentecost, which back then was a Jewish festival celebrating the first fruits of the wheat harvest. It had also become a celebration of the remembrance of the law being given to Moses on Mount Sinai. So it was a big holiday week. Who plans anything on a holiday week? Apparently God. Because he planned it in such a way that there was people from all over the world in the city of Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit. He had set up basically the largest charging station of the time so that all of these people would be there to be able to receive what he was about to pour out. And God was anticipating their needs before they even knew they had them. He was going to give them an experience with the Holy Spirit. I love that God knows what we need before we need it and that he prepares to supply that need in ways that we can't even imagine. 
As the disciples were gathered together in one place, again, one charging station, powers meter running on empty, almost ready to shut down, Jesus gone for many days, praying and asking God to come to them and to help them and to recharge them. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the scripture tells us that they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. You know the tongues of fire? They're just like that light on the charger. It just says, you're getting charged. You're getting charged. You're getting charged. It was God indicating that these men were being filled with his Holy Spirit and with power. It was a visible sign of the invisible power of God. It was so that it could be a witness to those around them. And the scripture says that it fell on all of them. Nobody was left out. Men and women, slave and free, it didn't matter. What mattered was that they were believers in Jesus and they were receiving the power from God. When you're running on empty, you need to learn to stop and pray and ask God to recharge you. Whenever you see that meter running down, you need to go to a charging station. <laughs> and you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, God set them all over the place. A charging station is nothing else than a group of believers seeking the will of God and the presence of God in their lives together. It happens in Bible studies. It happens in church services. It happens in gatherings where they're praying together. It happens wherever two or three are gathered in his name. He is there. And we get recharged when we come together in this way. I mean, church is one of the biggest charging stations because just as we need chargers everywhere, we need chargers, we need churches in every corner. We need places where people can come and recharge with the Holy Spirit of God. You know, if you've ever wondered why there are so many churches, it's because there's so much need for the power of God in our lives, for the grace of God, for the forgiveness of Jesus. And if it wasn't for these charging stations, many people would go around empty because they're not refilling with the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. The scripture also reminds us that the power comes from God and not from ourselves. We're a conduit for the power of God. We're like batteries, guys. We receive from God the Holy Spirit. It fills us, and it gives us the power to do things we couldn't do otherwise. But ultimately, the power of God is not just for our own good, but to flow through us to others. You know, a battery is no good until you put it to work, until you plug it into something and make something go with it. And Christians are no good if they're just sitting there receiving the power and not doing anything with it. Christians need to take the power of God and they need to go out and let that power flow through them into other people's lives. With the power of God, what was impossible becomes possible. Those things that we couldn't do on our own 
are now within reach. This is why the scripture teaches us that we can do greater things than Jesus did because the power of God through the Holy Spirit is to be in us and through us. Now, the scripture tells us there was devout Jews in Jerusalem from every nation under heaven. I mean, just from everywhere. There were many of them living in Jerusalem, but then there was all those that had come for Pentecost, all those that had come for the festival, some that probably came for Passover 50 days earlier and stayed and just made a holiday out of it and just decided to stay the whole time. But the city was flooded with people People that needed to know about the power of God. People that needed to know that God was fulfilling his promises. And the scripture says that as the disciples received the Holy Spirit and the tongues came over them, they began to speak in their languages about the goodness of God, about the deeds of power of God. And the crowds could not help but ask, these aren't Galileans, are they? How come we can hear them and understand them in our own language? How is it that we are understanding what they're saying about God's deeds of power? You know, the disciples weren't talking about themselves. They were talking about God. They were talking about what God was doing and what God had done through Jesus Christ. They were probably telling the story of how God sent Jesus to the cross to redeem us from our sins. But of course, there were some in the crowd that thought they were drunk with new wine. After all, it is a festival. People tend to drink a little bit in the festivals, especially back then. And you know, sometimes we Christians like to just not respond to allegations or accusations, but Peter was not one to be quiet. The scripture says that he stood up with the 11 and he immediately addressed the crowd and he said, no, 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 we're not drunk. We haven't been drinking. It's only nine o'clock in the morning, by the way, guys. We're not drunk. What's happening before you is that what God had said would happen is coming to pass. In the prophet Joel, we heard that God said that in the last days, he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And according to Joel, this was happening before their eyes. He says, this is what's coming to pass right now. And not only that, this is not the end of what God is going to do. This is the beginning of what God is doing. From now on, people will receive some new prophecies. There's going to be visions. There's going to be dreams. There's going to be signs in the natural world and order that will show that the Spirit of God has come to dwell in us. This is just the beginning of what God is going to do. On that day, God plugged us into himself through the Holy Spirit in a very direct way. Have you ever stuck your finger in a socket and gotten zapped? That's the kind of power we're talking about. We're talking about 220 power, not little electrical current from a battery. We're talking about strong power to make the hair stand on your head. 
We're talking about smoking power that is so hot that you can feel it inside and out. And on that day, God was pouring out his Holy Spirit on all those that were there, and it was a sign that God was about to do even greater things. Through Jesus, God had given grace, faith, and an ability to approach the Father through his righteousness. But through the Holy Spirit, God gave power, power to continue to act in the ministry of Jesus, of doing great deeds, of healing, of calling people to repentance and new life, of offering people visible signs of the power and the fullness of God. It was the power for them to be bold. It was the power for them to live and walk by faith and not by sight. It was the power to cast out fear and not to be afraid of tomorrow. It was the power to break chains and be liberated from those things that oppress us. It was power to call people to repent of their sins and to experience new life in Christ. It was a power like they had never seen before. They were going to be able to do all things through Christ who strengthened them because they had the power. But Pentecost was not the end. It was the beginning. It was the beginning of God charging God's people with God's spirit. And every day it's up to us, to you and I, to make sure that we're going back to God for power so that we don't run low. Now, some of you like to ride in your car with the needle almost on empty. Don't do that with God's power in your life. Don't wait until it gets so desperate that you're on power-saving mode and your witness has become dimmed because you feel like disconnected to the power of God. There's nothing worse than being in the middle of something and having your device shut down because you ran out of power. But how many times in our Christian walk do we run until we are on fumes and then we have to come back to God and go, I should have come sooner. I should have come more regularly. I should have come to you because you are the source. I want to leave you with a thought as I close this message. We go out of our way to set up chargers in our lives in every place that we are so that whether we're in the car, whether we're in the bedroom, whether we're at work, whether we're at the store, we have some way to connect and charge our device so that it'll always be working. What are we doing to set up spiritual charging stations in our lives so that there are places and times that are regularly assigned in our lives for us to recharge with God? Are we setting up the time to connect and to really dedicate some time? You know, we, we like the fast chargers. Just plug it in three minutes and it's charged. With God, we need to plug in and we need to stay connected.
It might take a little longer, but it's worth it. What are we doing so that there are constantly places and times in our lives where we're connecting to the Holy Spirit power that has been given to us through Jesus? What are we doing so that that power continues not just to re-energize us, but so that it flows through us to somebody else? I think that it's really important for us to understand that the disciples received power not just for their own good, but so that the church could be empowered to give a witness to the world. It was so that they could use that power to bring people into the kingdom. So I just pray that you remember to plug in daily to recharge, regularly to recharge and that you don't wait until you're almost on empty to go to God and say, I need a double portion of your Holy Spirit in my life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the day of Pentecost and for what you did on that day, pouring out your Holy Spirit on those disciples and those followers of Jesus. We ask, O oh Lord, that every day you will help us to plug into your Holy Spirit, to seek you in prayer, to seek you through our scripture reading, to seek you through our worship and our praise, to seek you through our service. Lord, help us remember that you never turn anyone away, that you promise that all those who call out to you will be saved. They will be empowered. They will be given authority they will be sent out into the world to share the good news of the gospel. We ask now, O oh Lord, simply that your Holy Spirit will be our power, that your presence will be our guide, and that your faith will be our faith. Empower us to trust you. Empower us to believe. Empower us to walk in faith. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is going to be open if you need prayer this morning. If you need to recharge, charging station is open.